We're all dressed up for our Keys to Victory episode here on Locked on Saints. We'll go offense and defense before we're joined by our good friends over at WWL today. Ricardo Lecompte coming in to get us ready for Saints versus Patriots on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome into our Keys to Victory episode of Locked on Saints, your daily podcast covering the New Orleans Saints, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Ross Jackson here at Ross Jackson Ola on Twitter, Canal Street Chronicles, Locked on NFL, and of course here with you every single Monday through Friday on Locked on Saints. Yes, we're looking good today, but how are the New Orleans Saints looking going into their matchup against the New England Patriots. That's what we're discussing on today's episode. And as always, thank you very much for making me your first listen of the day here on Locked on Saints. So let's dive right into it over on the offensive side of the ball for the Saints. We've got three keys to victory on offense. And then in just a moment, we'll talk about three keys to victory on the defensive side. So what's the big takeaway today? Well, the two most important players on this team are going to be Alvin Kamara, and C.J. Gardner-Johnson this weekend. That is what I truly believe. Let's talk about Alvin Kamara first since we're on the offense here. The New Orleans Saints have to get Alvin Kamara going. Chef Kamara, Kamara's King Crunch, whatever it is, not only does he have to cook, he's got to eat too. And the New Orleans Saints are going to have to help him set that up. The offensive line has struggled so far in the run game. We saw Alvin Kamara average only 0.6 yards per carry up against the Carolina Panthers. That cannot happen again, but he has an advantageous matchup against the New England Patriots here. Actually, Alvin Kamara and Tony Jones Jr. getting that advantageous matchup. 4.9 yards per carry, over 150 rushing yards allowed against the New York Jets, a run game that was not present for the Jets against the Carolina Panthers to open up their season. There's a little bit of a pattern here. Can the New Orleans Saints take advantage of it, get the ball going on the ground, produce on the ground game, control the clock, Look a little bit more like the New Orleans Saints that we saw open up the season against the Green Bay Packers. Alvin Kamara is the single most important offensive player in this game because no matter what struggles you're having on the offensive side, if Alvin Kamara can win those one-on-ones, if Alvin Kamara can get to operating in space, if he can make plays happen, it becomes all the difference for the New Orleans Saints offense. It forces that defensive front seven for the Patriots to play honest which is a big, big deal when you're trying to keep the pressure off of Jameis Winston. You're trying to get right on the offensive line and you want to get that run game going. Speaking of getting right on the offensive line, that's our key number two over on the offensive side. It's very simple. Get right on the offensive line. It's exactly as I said. The Patriots ended up getting pressure on Zach Wilson on over 40% of his dropbacks in their win against the Jets in week two. The New Orleans Saints are going to have to do better than that and certainly better than the 64% pressure rate that they allowed to the Carolina Panthers up against or in, in the face of Jameis Winston going up against those Panthers in week two in their loss. So the Saints have to get right on that offensive line. A big part of that's going to be communication. You've seen some of the Saints coaches already getting back to the fold so far. Only four coaches as of Thursday not present, none of them being offensive line coaches, which is good news for the New Orleans Saints. You have an offensive assistant in Declan Doyle out. You have a tight ends coach in Dan Rauscher out. And then you have a pass rush specialist in Brian Young. And then your defensive line coach and assistant head coach in Ryan Nielsen. All four of them are still out at this time, at the time of me recording this. But hopefully with that offensive line coaching back in the room, 
and back on the sideline, then this New Orleans Saints offensive line gets a little bit more trustworthy. Will also be interesting, as we discussed in yesterday's crossover episode with Mike DeBate of Locked on Patriots, who the starting center is for the Saints. Do they stick with uh, Cesar Ruiz? Do they switch over to Austin Ryder? We'll see how all of that goes. And finally, put stress on the New England Patriots front seven. You can't allow them to get pressure with just their front four. Force them to dedicate extra blitzers to be able to get pressure on the Saints. The Patriots don't blitz very much, and they haven't so far this season, not usually a part of their MO, not usually a part of their identity. But if the Saints can force them to dedicate extra players to the pass rush, you're able to get that offensive line to hold up and do a better job than it did last week, which again, I think some of that self-corrects, then it gives you the opportunity to be able to take advantage of the aggressiveness in the screen game, which we haven't seen the New Orleans Saints be able to do so far. Screen game shot plays, two places where they wanted to get better going into the season so far. Haven't seen a ton in the screen game with the exception of that fourth and seven screen, tight end screen that was successful for them against Green Bay. The other thing that that does is that allows you to throw where the pressure is coming from in the second level, which allows you to put stress on that front seven by attacking them over the middle with your tight ends. You want to see Juwan Johnson, Adam Troutman get more involved in this game. So you have the tight ends for the New Orleans Saints that you want to see get involved. The tight ends for the New England Patriots you already know are going to be involved. That's going to be a key matchup for the New Orleans Saints on the defensive side, which we're going to get to here in just a moment as we continue on with our keys to victory over on the defensive side for the New Orleans Saints. And of course, before we get to all of that, I want to remind you about our good friends over at BuiltBar.com, the best tasting protein bars on the market, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, nine incredible flavors and some limited edition flavors that are always over there as well, including right now, cookie dough chunk. The secret is put it in the refrigerator. It is fantastic out the refrigerator and you have all of their nine standard flavors at, uh, as well. Coconut, coconut almond. You have a bunch of fruit and chocolate flavors like raspberry, strawberry, and orange. And then some of the sweet tooth flavors as I like to call them as well, which include cookie dough chunk, but also cookies and cream, salted caramel, and so on. You want to check them out. Go ahead and get yourself a sample box. You can get two of all nine of those standard flavors. You could do that and also get 15% off by using the promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, get you 15% off with our good friends over at BuiltBar.com. All right, Huda Nation, continuing on with today's episode of Locked On Saints. Once again, thank you very much for making me part of your routine today and your first listen today as well. Don't forget your second listen. Go and check out Locked On NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy, Eric Crocker doing a great job over there as they reboot that show. All right, so let's jump to the defensive keys for the New Orleans Saints. This is a really simple takeaway here too. If the New Orleans Saints can't get pressure on Mac Jones and take away his security blankets, they'll end this week one and two. It's that simple. The New Orleans Saints have to be able to get pressure on the young quarterback. And when you have a young quarterback, he's going to have those sort of safety blankets that he loves to go to. So take away Mac Jones's safety blankets. That's our key number one. When you have a rookie quarterback and two fantastic tight ends like the New England Patriots do, including former Tennessee Titans tight end uh, Jonu Smith and then former Los Angeles Chargers tight end in um, uh, Hunter Henry, excuse me, then you end up having these two premier tight ends that give Mac Jones the opportunity to always have that place to go with the ball over the middle of the field where the New Orleans Saints struggled quite a bit against the Carolina Panthers. Will be very interesting as Pete Werner is on the men returning to full participation in practice 
on Thursday. Is he going to start over Zach Bond if he's healthy enough to go? And if he does, how does that factor in? Because he's your better coverage linebacker than Zach Bond. So do you get him out there to help him cover some of these tight ends? And we mentioned in the first segment that the most important player on the defensive side is CJ Gardner-Johnson. We'll talk about how he factors into that equation as well. But the safety blankets don't stop at the tight ends when it comes to Mac Jones. Mac Jones likes his running backs out the backfield as well. James White always tends to show up for the New England Patriots when they need him most. You have to be able to take him out of the game as well. You've got Damian Williams. You've also got uh, Ramondre Stevenson, these guys that they love to get this run game established. Lots of conversation around the New England Patriots about them making sure that they featured the run game this season. Easy to do when you don't have a lot of talented wide receivers on your team, but they want to feature the run game. This dynamic uh, uh, trio, I guess you can call them in terms of guys that can be pass catchers, power runners, uh, you know, uh, uh, have long speed, things like that. These guys have and check all the boxes. So you need to keep Mac Jones uncomfortable enough by taking away those safety blankets. Then you layer on top of that key number two, which is very simple. Get pressure on the rookie quarterback and keep him off balance. Keep him to throwing passes off of his base, operating out of structure, the things that Mac Jones doesn't like to do. He wants to get the ball out quickly, cleanly. Think about like a little Teddy Bridgewater effectively. So you have to be able to move him, make him run, make him feel the pressure, get the heat on him, and make sure you finish the job every now and then as well. It's where a guy like Peyton Turner who has been limited in practice on Wednesday and Thursday would be such a big deal to make sure that you have on the field. You saw him get six pressures, a couple uh, tackles for a loss, several run stops, but more importantly, got some hits on the quarterback, including a sack. You want to be able to get those hits on Mac Jones as well. Take advantage of the inexperience and the lack of composure that can come with that. Tono Passanio also back for the New Orleans Saints as a full participant on the defensive line in practice. We'll be good to have him back as he stood in and did a very good job in place of Marcus Davenport when he had to leave early in week one against the Green Bay Packers. And finally, C.J. Gardner-Johnson. To me, C.J. Gardner-Johnson is simply put a key to victory in this game. You need to send him after the rookie. You need to use him to take away guys like James White, take away Jonu Smith, Hunter Henry, get him in as many matchups as you can and allow him to be all over the field and impact the game. Think back to the San Francisco 49ers game last year for the New Orleans Saints and the way that they utilized uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson during that game. The seven pass rush snaps that he took against Minnesota a few year, or last year on Christmas Day as well. He was very disruptive when you can get him into the backfield and then get him into the minds of the players on the opposite side. C.D. was used to blitz five or more times in 2000 and, uh, 2020, four games, right? Four games in which he was used five or more times as a blitzer in those games. They were all wins, and the average points scored by the uh, opposing teams were 16 points, which includes the 33 points that they led up late up against the Minnesota Vikings on the you know Christmas Day six-touchdown run running game by Alvin Kamara, his phenomenal game. Now, you know, correlation does not equal causation, I understand, and of course, we have to preface that, but you know how impactful this defense can be when C.J. Gardner-Johnson is on the field making an impact himself allow him to make an impact in several areas of the game, not just in coverage and limiting some of those security blankets, but get him in the face of Mac Jones whenever you can as well. To me, those are your three keys to victory over on the defensive side. We talked about the three keys to victory over in the offensive side. If you have additional keys, go ahead and drop them in the comments below if you're watching on YouTube or hit me up on Twitter 
at Ross Jackson Nola. Coming up next, we're going to be joined by our good friend Ricardo Lecomte over at WWL TV to help preview this matchup between the New Orleans Saints and the New England Patriots. Tom Bradyless, those New England Patriots, Drew Breesless, the New Orleans Saints, all very different, but Bill Belichick, Sean Payton, we'll talk about the chess match between these two coaches as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. And of course, I want to remind you of our good friends over at runyourpool.com. One of my favorite, favorite things that we're doing so far this season is the survivor pool for Locked on Saints. We also have one going on for Locked on NFL and a bunch of other Locked on channels as well. It's so much fun to be a part of this because I don't have to pay attention to each individual player or build spreadsheets and all this other stuff. No, no, ain't got to worry about all that. I can just pick the teams that I think are going to win each week and hopefully get them right so that I can go in there and continue moving forward throughout the pool. I love everything that Run Your Pool does to help you get your league set up in minutes. And I mean minutes. I've done it. It took me minutes to get it ready. And if you want to do a confidence pool, 33 squares, you want to do pick them, survivor, doesn't matter, anywhere, everywhere, uh, Run Your Pool has you covered. So go and check them out, runyourpool.com slash locked on, or use the promo code locked on at checkout so you can get $10 off of your first pool. Get it all set up for minutes. It's not too late to get started with your pool over at runyourpool.com. Don't forget runyourpool.com slash locked on or locked on is the promo code. And of course, our friends over at betonline.ag, the line continues to decrease when it comes to the New Orleans Saints traveling to Foxborough to take on those New England Patriots. Now, minus two and a half from minus three here. So New Orleans Saints creeping in a little bit. But, you know, it also has a lot to do with where the money's going as well. So if you want to figure out where your money's going, betonline.ag is the absolute best place to do it. Our exclusive gambling partners here on the Locked On Podcast Network, fantastic odds makers, fantastic odds, and a lot of variety for you to take advantage of. NFL, NBA, with the uh, end of year awards you can already go in on, already put some money down on James Harden for MVP, just saying, shout out Jackson Gatlin, Locked On Rockets. You know, we got a lot going on all around the sports world. BetOnline keeps you up to date with all of it. So go and check them out, betonline.ag. Don't forget to use the promo code NFL100 so you can get a 100% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. That's NFL100 over at BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Houdat Nation, we are continuing on and wrapping up today's episode of Locked on Saints. Joined today by our good friend over at WWL-TV, Ricardo Lacomp. You can follow him on Twitter at TV. Ricardo, how are you, buddy? Thanks for coming through. Doing good, Oh, doing just fine. Doing just fine. Grateful to have you here and grateful for some more New Orleans Saints action coming up this Sunday. A little bit of a disappointing loss up against the Carolina Panthers last week, but now the New Orleans Saints uh, sort of shifting their focus to the New England Patriots. How are you feeling about the New Orleans Saints heading into this matchup? You know, the last four years, I mean, this year, they started the season one and one. So they really haven't gotten up to that start. Uh, and then what happens after those one and one, or maybe, you know, uh, one and two, like last year, they reel off a bunch of wins, nine wins last season. I kind of expect the same kind of deal by the Saints this year in terms of being able to just get over this loss in Carolina. It's going to happen. It's the NFL. You're going to have. Uh, games where it's that bad or games where, you know, defensively they're able to just figure out on offense and you just have the right combination of injuries, missed coaches, things like that happened in Charlotte. And, and it all just comes to a head and it did in week two. So I don't think it, it'll linger that, that, that long for the Saints. They're going to get their coaches back. They're going to get some of these players back that were injured uh, from the first couple of weeks. And they should be able to kind of rebound here. And, and, and with going into New England, 
I kind of see this matchup where you're going against a rookie quarterback in Mac Jones, who is a as a guy who does fit Bill, Bill Belichick, but he's still a rookie. So you so I, I expect Dennis Allen to still kind of draw up something or come up with some some something unique to just give him something different to see. Uh, I think that that front, especially you know with with Cam Jordan, maybe Peyton Turner, if he's able to play, should be able to get after the quarterback if they can. And if they're healthy in the secondary, I, I, I expect them to play a lot better defensively. And I don't, I, I don't see the Saints on offense struggling like they did last week. I think they're going to clean up some of those communication issues they had on the line. Um, I think Jameis Winston will play better. And I just feel like it's going to be a better performance in week three, simply because we just don't see the Saints build on losses in terms of going, all right, they're going to get into a three-game, four-game, five-game losing streak. Usually they're able to fix it right at the point of where they make those mistakes and then rule off those wins, and I expect them to do that in week three. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it's not within the New Orleans Saints' usual identity to come out and struggle multiple weeks. We saw them drop two games in a row last year, but kind of hard to imagine a performance that follows up a performance like last week's, where you had so many of these sort of unique circumstances, coaching staffs out, nine starters out from what you had expected to have at the beginning of the season, so on and so forth, kind of impossible circumstances for the Saints that sort of self-correct coming into this game. You mentioned Peyton Turner, who had a very nice debut, his rookie, uh, his his first game, his first start up against the Carolina Panthers. Who are some of the other players that we're watching sort of upgrade CJ Gardner-Johnson, Pete Werner? Who are some of the players that you're watching over on the injury report this week that could be a contributing factor in Sunday's matchup? What's well, kind of hard to overlook, not just to overlook the secondary, and there's just so many losses there, um, you know, from last week, you know, Marshall Ladmore didn't play, CJ Gardner-Johnson didn't play. It is so encouraging to see CJ back full participation uh, on Thursday. And if he can continue that trend into Friday, that's just a big guy that can happen in the, in the secondary just because you have so much versatility with him. Not only does he play safety, he can play from the line, he can play from nickel pack position. Uh, that just gives you a lot of versatility having a guy who can move over in, in different positions. And getting your number one cornerback in Marshawn Ladmore is so key. Uh, just being able to just shut down the, the, the best receiver on the other team. And, and, and the fact that it's kind of funny because he, he just had thumb surgery, reportedly had thumb surgery. Um, and when he came back in that week one game against the Packers in that second half, I could argue that he played even better with that cast. I mean, it, it was impressive to see him, you know, play with the cast on and still make plays and still lock down Devontae Adams. Uh, if they're able to get those two guys back, especially in the secondary, I think the Saints defensively will be better off. Um, and again, they're going against a rookie quarterback of Mac Jones. I keep harping that it's a rookie, but when you have those guys and, and maybe even Peyton Turner on the line back, uh, it, it makes it a little harder for, for someone to not only go against scheme, but also go against really top tier players. And, and, and Matt Jones got to see that in Alabama. He's got to see that in his first two weeks here in the NFL. But I think it's a different animal when you go against a Saints defense that is seventh overall in, in, in the league. Um, it, it's just a different animal. And I think if you get those guys back, it's, it's going to be a little trouble for that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, anytime you get a rookie quarterback out there, you want to get pressure on them, right? You want to keep them uncomfortable off balance. Uh, some of the you know, one, the, the other part of this game that we're really going to be watching uh, is going to be the, the Jameis Winston factor, right? You mentioned that you believe Jameis Winston will perform better coming into this game. I completely agree. You've been around, you've seen how Jameis Winston has responded to that game, sort of taking responsibility. Uh, same thing with head coach Sean Payton. Do you feel like Jameis Winston is a little bit, is sort of reacting to this a little bit differently here in New Orleans than he might have in Tampa Bay? I, I think he is, and, and it's being around Drew Brees for a year and being around Sean Payton 
two years. These are the type of guys that are not going to let, you know, Jameis go down a hole after a bad performance. Um, you know, he's talking about, you know, taking accountability for those mistakes then correcting those mistakes and then rebounding from that. I mean, most of these guys have won, especially Sean Payton. They're, they've won all their, career, all their careers in the NFL. So they're not going to, you know, linger off of one loss. They're going to make those corrections, but they're going to go on to the next game, you know, make no cliche to the next game. But that's how they've been so successful for so many years. And again, being around someone like Drew Brees, a future Hall of Famer, you know, he's had bad games like that, but how many times have we seen him respond and then play? And I think being around that, um, just having that exposure to that, it, it just makes James handle these types of situations even better. I mean, immediately after the game, he was talking, you know, he, he didn't blame anybody, which he went from a quarterback. And then he said the mistakes they had. And, and the big key was the communications. Remember, Eric McCoy, who didn't participate again on Thursday, is not it likely probably won't play in week three. If he doesn't practice on Friday, then that friends that he's not going to play. But you're missing your starting center. And against the Carolina Panthers, remember who was making those calls all those years when they're playing the Panthers these last two years, especially facing Phil Snow. It was Drew Brees calling protection. And then that responsibility went to Eric McCoy. Those two guys are gone. But then it went to Cesar Ruiz, who hasn't been playing center much. And then Jameis Winston, who had to do that. So you get a second week to, you know, kind of correct all those mistakes, figure out the communication on the line, and then kind of, you know, rebound from that. And that's why I think Jameis Winston is going to play much better in week three. I think in week three, we're going to get middle of the road. Uh, I think we're going to get something somewhere where we're not seeing the five, but we're not also seeing the, the, the interceptions. Um, and maybe we may see him throw for more yards. The Green Bay thing was an anomaly. I think the Panthers game is also a time of a, a time, sort of an anomaly. I think we're going to get more of a balanced in-between performance with Jameis Winston. But definitely, I do not see him performing like he did against the Panthers. Absolutely. Look, it, it's a long season, and there's a lot to still learn as these teams, these players all across the NFL get more comfortable within their systems. And even though it's a long season, we're grateful that we get to be here with you every single day on Locked on Saints. And of course, our friends from WWL joining us every week here on the show as well. Once again, Ricardo LeCompte, you can follow him on Twitter at rlecompte TV on Twitter. Ricardo, thank you so much for coming through. Looking forward to having you back soon. My pleasure, Ross. We'll see you then. All right, family, another action-packed week here on Locked on Saints, another action-packed weekend on the way with your New Orleans Saints. Let me know if you want a bonus episode this week. We can get a Saturday episode out. Just shoot me over some feedback about what you want to hear about. Drop some questions in the comments section on YouTube. And of course, you can reach out to me at uh, Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter right there. Or you can go ahead and hit me up in the Locked on Saints Facebook group as well. Get some of your questions in. Get a quick Saturday episode out to get the final preview going into this New Orleans Saints-New England Patriots matchup on Sunday. And no matter what, we'll be back with you. Win or loss, Monday slash Sunday night into Monday morning to get you all of the information that you need to know about your New Orleans Saints. Once again, thank you very much for making me your first listen here free and on all platforms with Locked on Saints. Now go ahead and get your next listen in with Locked on Bets. Win yourself some money. Thanks to your boy Q and Lee Sterling, who's been on an absolute tear here over the last seven weeks to go ahead and get in on that action as well. I appreciate y'all as always. And for everything in between, you can find me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how your mom and them and trust you that nation. I'll holla at you.